This is Self Starter. Hi folks, welcome to Self Starter, a podcast that highlights the small business owners, the self-employed and freelancers who have taken the plunge to create their own desirable lifestyle. My name is Andy Dowling. I'm also the host of the Andy Social Podcast, bass player for the Australian metal band Lord, and I'm also a dispute resolution specialist. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by searching at Andy Dowling, or you can head on over to selfstarter.com.au where you can learn more about yours truly and anything and everything to do with the self-employment world. Before we kick into the episode, I must give a quick update regarding the 2018 Australian Podcast Awards that were held in Melbourne on the 5th of May. Now, for people that have been listening to the Self Starter Podcast for a while will know that I was fortunate enough to be named a finalist for Host of the Year uh, for the Podcast Awards this year. And I went down to Melbourne and attended the festivities, and unfortunately, I didn't take out the award. Damn. But I was just incredibly fortunate and uh, happy to be a part of what is growing in a medium and a format. And there's so many people that are creating amazing content now. And uh, I must say a massive thanks to Dave and Anna from the Australian Podcast Awards who have put on the event. And I can definitely see this getting bigger and better each and every year. Um, to Lush Content Agency, who were the sponsor of the Host of the Year category. To Timbo Reed, who was the uh, Timbo Reed from the Small Business Big Marketing podcast, who hosted the event and emceed the whole thing. And uh, I must say also massive congratulations to Book Who's Talking, who actually won the Host of the Year category this year. So massive uh, congratulations to you guys for winning. And also a congrats to uh, the other finalists who were Movie Magoo's Film Reviews, Word for Word, Snag Says, and Reality Check, um, who were the other finalists, including yours truly as well. So just an amazing night. I was really, really fortunate to be a part of it. And to get right to that last point where I almost took out the award um, is just really, really cool. And I'm more inspired than ever to continue to build this podcast, the Antisocial Podcast, and just be more and more involved in the podcast medium here in Australia. So just absolutely fantastic. Great night and more motivated than ever to keep making this bigger and better. This episode is with Sid Green of Mononest Studio located in Sanctuary Point down the south coast of New South Wales. Now, Sid is a freelance musician and music producer who's been recording artists down the south coast for around 10 years or so. Mononest Studio, the name itself, has been around for almost 20 years, but Sid moved down the south coast about 10 years ago and actually set up his uh, bricks and mortar studio that he does a lot of his recording out of. Sid's background in music is extensive and most notably he's played in bands such as Mantissa and Iota in the 90s and these days plays in a band called 1920. This episode in particular is an edited down and focused version of a longer chat that I had with Sid that's featured on episode 124 of the Antisocial Podcast. In this episode specifically, you're going to hear more of a focus around Mononest Studio and the evolution of his business and also the approach that he takes with his clients and artists that he works with. If you want to learn more about some of his earlier days as a musician, some of the great Mantissa stories, and a lot more music talk, then go and check out 124 of the Andy Social podcast over at andysocial.net. And I'll also have a link to that episode in the show notes of this episode over, over at selfstarter.com.au. Now, you can find Sid and Mono Nest Studio by going to sidgreen.com.au. We can search for Mononest on Facebook as well. Those links will be in the show notes also. Now you might think 
that a music producer in a studio won't draw a lot of parallels in your own self-employment journey. However, I really, really encourage you guys to listen with an open mind. The great thing about Self-Starter is that it's all about sharing best practices across all types of industries and professions. This encourages innovation and a point of difference in your own little pond. And as always, in true Self-Starter fashion, you'll hear my key takeaways at the end of this episode that you might be able to consider and apply with what you do. But for now, though, please enjoy this chat with Sid Green of MonoNest Studio. Sid, thank you very much for um, letting me come over and check hey, out your digs. Um, pretty impressive setup that you got here. I mean, for to a, the mono nest, yeah, as they say. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you want to give a brief introduction of who you are and, and the business? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, I'm a freelance musician um, and record producer, uh, which entails many different hats. Yeah. And usually wearing them at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, I'm in a in almost a full time touring band yep. as well. So uh, and and have a recording studio that's going pretty much eight days a week in wow. Nara. Wow, that's that's currently just full on. So there's there's always something going on. There's always something going on, and it's amazing. I'm pinching myself daily, you know. So. It's great. And how long's Modern S been up and running as <clears throat> as a as a name as, as a, a business thing? itself as a thing? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I could almost say maybe sixteen years. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I my first sort of co-producing sort of gig that I got, if you'd call it that, was um, I was playing in a band called Iota. And we ended up sort of co-producing our first sort of record, and um, and that really just launched my career as that sort of thing as being a producer. And and that was 1998. It's so going back a while now. It's 20 years, right? <laughs> I just <laughs> just did the math. Um, so you could, yeah, you could potentially say it's been a 20-year production. And then, of course, cutting your teeth before that by being a musician and seeing the happenings of how to make records and, yep. it, and then it goes right back to that there wasn't computers well there was a, a very big computer yeah. for an SSL to do automation yeah. but you know there wasn't email there, it was tape you were yep. splicing tape Ugh. yeah you know and um and that's how you that was the medium we used mm. and it was normal yeah that was just like how are we going to record yeah you know so it's been really great to come from that and see it build. Incredible. So, I mean, you mentioned sort of 98 was around that time that you really started getting into like production. Production, yeah. 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 You would have at the time had other people to leverage off to try and learn. Because I think I was reading on your website, you had a couple of people that sort of acted you know, maybe as, as uh, mentors. Like mentors and Absolutely. they seem to be slightly, uh, you know, notable people. They're very notable, notable people. people. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, look, incredible. I mean, the, the biggest, my biggest mentor and, and, and dear friend, Michael Letho, yep. um, who'd done, who has, I mean, he works for, um, uh, Rockwiz now. Yep. So he's the full-time Rockwiz guy, but, um, before that, he's worked on Rush albums and um, Daryl Daryl Braithwaite, all yeah. these amazing artists of, of the 80s and 90s. Mm. Um, 
And then we ended up working on a Mantissa record. Yeah. And that's how the friendship built from that, watching him um, engineer and produce those records. And then we just hit it off on a on a technical level as well. And he was so willing to share every everything he had. Obviously, when you're going through that period of learning and sort of absorbing as much as you can, you've got these great people around you that mm. are giving all their experience to you. I, I did read that you had done a lot of work with different recording studios around the yeah. place and some yeah. really, like, some really well, like, world-famous studios. Terry Date as yeah. well, like, who produced Soundgarden, yeah. Pantera, yeah. Limp Bizkit. Uh, I mean, Deftones, like, all these incredible bands of the 90s, like, amazing. And I probably learnt the most valuable lesson from him. Yeah. Um in engineering, and that was the people skills. Yeah, yeah right, okay. Um, yeah. Get the most out of people. Well, yeah, and under, understanding what what people need and how how they can achieve it. Mm. I watched firsthand a master. Not only was he a technical master as well, um, the most fascinating thing about Terry was he's not a, produ- uh, not a musician. Mm. Couldn't play anything. And I think that really gave him the edge. Yeah. Because he could really, he could just, he didn't have any personal um, sort of... There's no he, attachment to No attachment yeah. to anything. Yeah. It's like he doesn't favour the guitar mm. because he's a guitar player yeah. Or, yeah. <laughs> or drums. Um, and even more so, it was like, uh, how do I d- describe it? It's It's like, yeah, this full detachment. And really all he had was the science and how to make people behave in a way. I, I, manipulate's not the right word, but... Um, sort of coaching people yeah, to, to get, just, get them in their, their, be, their optimal... Their best headspace yeah. um, without even knowing it. Yeah. Uh, the real art. Around that sort of time, sort of late 90s, and you're working with all these you know great people in these studios, you would were you... Working as like a, a freelancer and coming into those studios, or were you employed by those studios at the time? What was what did it sort of look like at that stage? Um, <clears throat> the late nineties was really interesting time because um, so we're talking about the whole studios and analog equipment. I mean, I think ninety seven, ninety eight, you had the first sort of really great, decent Macintosh that was mm. that was big enough to or PC as well, but that was sort of big enough to run some, record some audio. Um, and then they had the Pro Tools DigiDesign sort of interfaces that were coming out. And that really meant if you could get set up with something like that, you were recording at home, great sample rate, and it hadn't been done before, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and it meant you didn't have to go into a studio and watch the clock. Yeah. And go, oh, my goodness, you know, this is... <laughs> This is costing, you know, three hundred one's not cheap. Yeah. Um, amazing though, like you yeah. get you get every bang for your buck at that place. <laughs> um, um, but you know what I mean. The the clock ticks there, and and it's you got to question what you spend time on. Um, so all of a sudden that was gone. You could spend. Well, I think we spent nine months making that iota record. Yeah. You know? So because. 
we had lots of time. Yeah. Um, so th- that's where I saw this amazing shift. And I didn't realise it at the time, but I was forging a way <coughs> with the times changing where I was going into a profession mm. of saying, hey, I could, if I can do this for myself and an artist that I was collaborating with, well, I could do this for anyone. So even even at that stage, you were you were ready to do it as just you, not you working for a larger business and being just you know a paid gun that comes in. Yeah. You, were, you were your own, a freelancer, a freelance, in, yeah, a contractor to be able to come in yep. and help out and deal with one artist, and that and that's it. Yeah, yeah. And and that's when it and that's when it started to really sort of. Uh, I, th- I finished that record, and I think. Um, yeah, some calls started. Oh, well, Ida was signed to um, MGM, so I think I remember getting a couple of sort of small, like EP yeah. type recording jobs from MGM because they liked what we did yeah. with Iota. And next thing you know, I got a couple of other sort of gigs where I wasn't connected musically in any way. It was just I was purely producing and and making records for the artists. When did the name come in? Mono Nest. Mm. Um, was that relocating down here? Was that when it came? Or did you already well, have it sort of floating I, around beforehand? I sort of had it floating around. Um, I loved, I've always loved the word manoral. Yeah. Um, and if you probably can't tell by now that I'm a big lover of birds. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, things are born in the nest. Yeah. And it's those two analogies really you know, come together for me and that's where the names come from. Um, you know, and I guess too, as you, as, as you sort of, sort of drifting along in this world, you're sort of accumulating things like, um, microphones and (laughs) outboard equipment and speakers. Oh, you know, you, you get down, you finish something one week and go, I'd really love that microphone. I think it'd sound great on the drum kit. And you're just slowly accumulating pieces of equipment and instruments, drums, and next thing you know, you've got a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, wow! Wow! You know, it's twenty years of of collecting based on the things you like and the sounds, and and then you need a place to put it, and it just happens to look like a, a music studio, you know. And how long have you been in Sanctuary Point now? Ten years. Ten years. Yeah. yeah. We, we, my wife's an artist as well, um, a visual artist. So we've had a few breaks where we've spent some time overseas, living overseas, and, and then have come home. Um, we've done that twice now. So we sort of haven't been here the whole time. Mm. And, and that's been great. So ten years ago... Moving here hmm. and setting up, and ten years ago would have been even worse than than what any of the stereotypes are now. Because <laughs> I know that you know from where Sydney is to here, we're about two and a half hours away, yeah, probably. Ballpark, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's easier to get down the coast these days. The roads are a little sure, bit better. Yeah, sure. Is. But um, but ten years ago, I mean, you're setting up a business for yourself. Yep. Where all the work normally would be 
in Sydney or yep. in a capital city anywhere in the country, and you're moving into an area that's a very chilled, beautiful part of the world. Yes, it's so chilled, quiet. Um, how did you how did you adjust, or how did you go through the process of going? All right, I've got to I've got to bring money in. I've yep. got to start a business down here, or keep my business going. Going, yeah. What, what sort of things did you have to do in those early stages? Well, I think we could go straight back to what I was saying about studios. Well, there's studios down here too, but yep. in the capital cities are expensive. Mm. And and you're usually looking at the clock. So um, I think what's happened for me, and it was just this really great window, where people were tired of going into a, a dark, dingy studio... Um, and trying to be creative mm. under fluoro lights <laughs> and and watching a clock tick, right? And I think people were tired of that. And, that, and then all of a sudden you have computer-based medium where you could essentially record anywhere, Yeah. Um, which meant, hey, wait a minute, I could sit on a nice couch, chill out and make some music. Why would I... Yeah. Why would I even consider going into a studio, right? That's where the window opened. Yep. It was almost like I said, hey, I've got a place down the coast. Get out of Sydney. Get out of the rat race. Calm down. Unwind. Relax. Be creative. That was the window, right? And, <clears throat> and, it, and in some ways, I, I sort of saw it happening... Well, that IOTA record was done just out of Kiama. Yep. Similar vibe. Yep. Um, and and I saw that, like, very early 90s when I recorded at John Farnham's studio, which was on 10 acres in the Dandenong Hills of Melbourne. Mm. Beautiful. Like, it felt like you were in another world, <laughs> you know? It wasn't the the city type thing. And, and don't get me wrong, like... I also think the city has this beautiful charm and energy as well. But, you know, um, it just depends on the style, right? It, you know, if you're doing sort of like indie indie rock stuff, you're not going to go to a farmhouse and... and That's it. That's not the vibe. It's not the vibe, right? <clears throat> so all of a sudden, all of a sudden the window was, I was the guy that produced IOTA's stuff, which was very singer-songwriter a little bit rock, but a little bit mostly folk, singer, yep. songwriter, acoustic. I started getting those style of players, which really meant isolation, tranquility, you know, all those sort of words that you would like yeah. to create. And I thought, um, and I was going out to this beautiful farmhouse that I go to, to track albums as well, which I still go to. And, um, it's like a family friend that I rent the place from when I have a project. So I still go there and I thought, you know what? Um, we could really try and make it work. If I build a studio here, um, it'd be the same. So I know I really just took a go at it and thought, let's, let's give it a go. I mean, that's the, that's the big angle, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's, it's the advantage of getting away from it all and yep. giving yourself some breathing space to be able to be creative and get the most out of yeah. out of the situation, and then obviously knowing what 
type of musicians and what type of music is going to benefit from those settings as yep. opposed to somebody else that, that probably needs the city energy to be able to get the most out of them. Exactly, so yeah. So identifying, identifying the right people for, yep. for the business. That's it, man, totally. Um, and that's when, you know, um, of course, you, you build something like this in, in your home and you're almost halving the costs. Yep, overheads are lower, yeah. As well, but also for the artist. Mm. Um, so for an artist in Sydney going, well, should I go to 301 or should I go down to Sid? You know, that this, you know, um, okay. Sid's half the cost because he lives down that far. Um, it's going to be chilled. Great. You know, next thing you know, I'm the one getting the call, which is really amazing, you know, Mm. really fantastic. So, I mean, keeping in mind that you know, the, the advantages is not having the clock there, not having that time pressure. Yeah. Um, having some form of schedule, of course, to be able to work through whatever needs to be done. But what what would you, I mean, you're providing a facility, gear, expertise, everything yep. to make it happen. But yep. I mean, for someone to travel here, what would, I mean, would they stay in the area somewhere? What would be, what would you yep. sort of do to support them? Or is it, is it something that they would sort out themselves? Like, how does that work for, to entice people down here? Yeah, look, um, I, well, Airbnb has been amazing, yeah. right? So there's a, there's a lot around here because it is very, it's quite touristy. Yeah. Um, touristy in the summer. Yeah. In the winter time, you won't see anyone yeah. here really. Yeah. Um, particularly on the, I'm in the lakes just across the yeah. road. So it, can get pretty sort of cold when the wind blows off the water, mm. um, <clears throat> which is great for making music. I was going to say that adds another, <laughs> another dynamic altogether. Yeah. yeah. So, um, look, Airbnb has been really great, but since I've been here, there's been rental, holiday rentals here the whole time. And I've usually helped someone find one. And I've, over the years, you get to know all the locals. And um, so, yeah, I'm, constantly pointing artists in the right direction love it particularly if they've got a band so you know i'll go oh yes you need to you need to call blah blah down the road they've got a five bedroom house or if it's just one artist airbnb yeah you know what i mean and that's been amazing i reckon it's a great i mean especially if you i don't, I don't know what seasonal sort of work for you's like but mm. you know if if you were still getting a high level of work, even through the colder months, yep. it's typically all of these rental properties and all these holiday homes are empty. Yep. You're actually, you're providing something to the local area yes. by giving them, you know, income and, and, and customers by using their properties, which would normally be empty. Empty. Yeah. Completely so empty. I mean, taking advantage of, of these quieter months for, for everybody else. Yeah, it's yeah. cool. I think it's a real advantage because... You know, any sort of any of those properties would be relatively cheaper hmm. than than anywhere else. Yeah. So, once again, your overheads to record and go through that creative process are lower. But on top of that, the other things that are needed to be spent yep. on are yep. also cheaper because of the location as well. Yeah. So overall, your, all of your costs are going down. So you've got you, you're really taking advantage of, of the, the quiet area and, and what yeah. it is compared to. And in particular for bands too, you know, there's there's nothing like sharing a house and, um, and then share a studio space and create music, but then go back to a house and still 
hang, unwind, debrief about the day. It's so... It's just built so much morale between a yep. band and a connection. Um, that you, you do that for a few days consecutively and you just see the, the change in people. You know, you see them... <laughs> well, they come in and go, I love it, you know. It creates a it creates a story around the whole process, it doesn't does, it? Like complete, a, yeah. A beginning, middle, and end, and and everything in between the ups and downs, and yep. people having good days, yeah. bad days, but we're, everybody's work, in it together. They're and, in it together, and they work and they support each other, um, and you, you really see that. It's like, it makes it makes a a record really great. Mm. Um, and the farmhouse does that too, where we all stay in, in the same place. We're all cooking together. Mm. Um, there's no tea, there's no television, there's no phone reception. Yeah. <laughs> you know, all you have is the music in front of you. And by the, a week of that, and it, you really, you feel like you've been on Mars. Been on some health retreat or yeah, something, like a meditation it's, retreat it's, just to... <laughs> it's, and we walk away and, you know, we'll all hug and it's that... It's just such a beautiful connection that happens um, over over music, you know, uh, creating. And and when people bond over a period of time like that, over mm. such, like when you compare just to, you know, everyday life, working a nine-to-five job and yep. things like that, yep. it's a pretty unique experience that not everyone gets to go through. Your word of mouth off the back of that would be mm. so strong if people have had that type of experience and they walk away so enriched from the whole experience and of course getting the end product as well. Of course. Most yep, importantly. Hopefully. <laughs> that, um, it sounds like what they wanted. Yeah. Hopefully yeah, everyone's happy. It ticks the boxes. <laughs> but, um, but you know, to be, I guess, impacted so deeply mm. through that whole process, <clears throat> the, the want for them to go and tell people about it would be so much greater. So for you, I, I'm just having a guess here. You've guessed the organic word of mouth is probably yep. what's fueling a lot of a lot of the work that comes through to you. Man, when I started this thing, I tried advertising. Um, it just didn't work. You mm. know, it every every job I get is from recommended from someone else at every time or or. And occasionally it's like, oh, I heard that record and I realised you did it. Yeah, okay. So I'm giving you a call. Yeah. Um, but most of the time it's someone saying, hey, you should call Sid. I had this great, we had this great time, mm. you know. Um, and it, it really has totally been that every time. So we've met for the first time today. Yep. And <laughs> first impressions, yep. you're very personable yeah, great. Individual. Good. Like, you know, getting along straight away, like we're having a great chat and yeah, yeah. Like, nice guy and looking at your stuff online. We've I had paid a bit... Andy to, yeah. paid Andy to <laughs> say that. Thanks yep. for this money getting exchanged <laughs> right now. Um, and we've spoken on the phone as well. And just like you, you have an advantage where you've got people skills as well yeah. in an environment where it's really needed. Mm. You know, you, you have to deal with people with different personalities. You have to try and get the best out of them. Like we were going back to, yeah. um, you know, before about trying to deal with ego and all these different mm. things and challenges and trying to get the most out of people in the situation. Yeah. For you being, you know, a musician and then going through that whole journey, I only know it because I've played music, you know, for a period of time where 
you're forced into social situations. Yeah. You're a performer. You get on stage in front of people, so you you're do. exposed in a way <laughs> yeah. to begin with. Yeah. Um, you're lucky because you can sit behind a bit of a drum kit. Exactly. Way. I but, can hide behind the drum kit. <laughs> but, I mean, over those years, you've, mm. you've had to – you're forced into situations time and time again at, at shows, recording, meeting people that like your music, people that you play with, where – you have to communicate. You have to talk to people. You have to yep. talk. To, you have to network. Yep. You know, and all those things, no doubt, have been this long journey for you to get to a point where now, that going back to that whole word of mouth, that yep. organic way of getting people to come in, has been this long journey of just in critical mass, isn't it? Right. Yeah. Where it's slowly, one after the other, one after the other. Um, that's exactly right, and it's. I mean, how do you make something like that? And it, the only way is just start at the start mm. and just keep chipping away at the coalface. We've touched on it a few times along the way is that, you know, over the years, and no doubt's changed in the 10 years that you've been here, but with the internet, connecting with people, mm. um, you know, you are you, part of this whole pitch that you have for people is to come down here. Yeah. No doubt with internet and being able to swap files and send files that you're doing a lot more work that's remote now yeah. as well than you were probably 10 years ago. Absolutely. Um, there's, uh, there's some great stuff where, um, there's a, an advertising company that do a lot of like jingles and yep. stuff. And occasionally they'll write to me and say, um, I can't mention any names. That's yeah, all right. Yeah. But Yeah. It's that thing where they'll go, oh, we need a drum track. Can you do it in an hour? Now. Wow. <laughs> and I'm like, um, actually, I can. <laughs> I just need to put a podcast on hold one second. Um, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's amazing. It's cool. It's so great. Um, and also, when, when uh, maybe about seven years ago, um, a Canadian friend of mine who was living in Australia, we, we made a record here in Australia and did some sort of tours. And he had dual citizenship and moved back to Canada. Um, and he was like, man, I can't, I don't want to make a record with anyone else. Can I make it with you? And I'm like, dude, you live in Canada. <laughs> and I said, wait, well, wait, wait a second, you know, let's try, let's try one. So I said to him, um, you know, go into a studio, take your guitar, put down a click track and a, a guitar track and a, a couple of vocals, send me that and then I'll do it for you. Mm. I'll do the rest. And as you can see, I can, um, a bit of a multi-instrumentalist, right? So I played everything and it was this really interesting exercise, right? Because here we are on opposite sides of the world, mm. um, and I'm sort of interpreting what this song should be without saying to him all these things that I would have said if he was sitting here. Yeah. Dom, is the, are we right in the right key? Or should it be a bit slower or a bit faster? Or can we cut this bit out? You know, <laughs> yeah. whatever, right? Yeah. So I've just sort of gone, okay, I'm, I'm listening to these tracks and I'd lay down some drums and bass and some dobro or whatever else I was playing. I'd send it to him and... Oh, we've become really great friends as, through this whole process. Um, and he wrote back and he wrote something like, oh, oh, I don't know if I like it. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I went, yeah, that's cool. No worries. I'll, I'll try something else. And then about two hours later, I got another email. Don't touch it. It's great. <laughs> you know, it, it's clicked. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it was because it was such a, a contrast. Like, here we are. A great example of what we're talking about, right? So we've got singer-songwriters so embedded in, mm. in, the, in what they've composed, lyrically and musically, and then I've gone and just interpreted what I thought would be the mm. thing, and it was such a change that it took him a few listens to go, oh, I, I get it. But yeah, he's got to initial, remove himself from it first. On initial yeah. listen, it, it was just so different that mm. he just couldn't get it, which oh, I get, right? Yeah. Um, and and it was we laugh about it now, which was really great. We, so we went on to do that record, and he 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 said it happened every time. He he'd go to the studio in the morning and do his guitar bit and send it send it down the line, and I'd send it back in the evening, which would have been his morning. Yeah. And he'd listen and go, ah. Uh, I don't know, within an hour. I love it! <laughs> you know, and it was just... Because it, it was just so weird. And um, and you have to remember, like, summertime, we would have been in the middle of winter, so I was feeling the total opposite. Mm. And we ended up getting this thing that had felt so cohesive in the end that you would, you would have just assumed we were in the same room, in the same city, the same part of the world, but clearly what we weren't. It's mind-blowing. I mean, yeah. I'm sure, like, when you first started recording in bands yeah. as a musician... There's no to, way I would have thought even that. Even grasp that concept. Even now, like, and yeah. a lot more people do it, and it's yeah. becoming more common. But it's still a, a hard thing to, to wrap your head around that, you know, people... Something that you put a lot of... I put a lot of importance on, and no doubt you do, because this is your life, but from a music point of view, music yeah. is such a, a deep thing, and... To be able to create something like that, yep, with such distance in between, yeah, pretty and still find something together, find this common ground, and yeah, it's incredible. It it really was a, an amazing experience, and we, um, and from that experience, we ended up getting a um, a soundtrack together. Wow! And then we made a soundtrack in the same process, um, and we were documenting it the whole time, like. Um, it was so funny, like, he was, like, digging himself out of 15 feet of snow, and there I was with board shorts having a surf <laughs> down it for local surf break, you know? It, just this juxtaposition of worlds was the thing that fed it, because yeah. he, 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 and at that point, he'd, he'd got some recording gear, so he was recording at home, so things were almost happening instantly, or we'd wake up in the morning, and I'd have something he'd sent or he'd wake up and there'd be a whole orchestra on the other end, you know? And, um, we just had such a great time doing that. And, and the way the guys put it together as the making of it was this great collaboration where we knew each other well enough that we could work together 15,000 kilometers away from each other, you know, like, it was pretty nuts. It just blows. It blows the mind that that it, it's possible. You're fortunate because you've got the expertise, you've got the equipment, you've got everything yeah. at your fingertips, and you've got the additional um, advantage. Well, not even advantage because everyone else has got it. Yeah. Is the connection? 
so you can connect with whoever it is yeah, and yeah, yeah. and putting that all together you're in a pretty you're in a pretty good position and no doubt like you know just using the last 10 years 10 years ago you would have had if you're going to percentage it you would have had more people that are physically here yes. going through that process and now it might be more even keel where yeah. it's here and also online yeah or whatever it might be but it's obviously mm. changed as the dig digital age is in yeah it's changed as well yeah yeah and it, it also it means i can pick my own hours too i can do 8 p.m to 10 p.m which sounds a bit crazy but it means in the morning i may choose you know not to start till 12 yeah um or or i'll get up really early and do a little morning session with a cup of coffee and and really buzz early with a clear head and and it's just been really that's been great because mm. you can just you can you can just sort of attack something with the clearest head you can and that's good and mm. that's benefits everyone oh absolutely you know but even even just i mean it's the whole point of all this stuff that we've been speaking about is the the luxury of being able to work for yourself where mm. you can dictate your hours because you know when you perform best, yep. depending on the circumstances or whatever the job is in front of you, you yep. know, whether this is going to be a late at night job or a first thing in the morning job, or maybe there's something else that you just need to do that day that's completely unrelated. That's right. And it's like, let's move some stuff around so I can still do that. I can do that. And yep. whereas, you know, somebody else that's doing the old school job, mm. that, that's, that they can't do that. It's, no. This is the, this is the structure. You've got to stick to it. Yeah. You've yep. got to move your life around, around that. Yeah. Um, I have yeah. a bit of that in Nowra because there's, yeah. there's business hours and, and things, but um, it's still flexible, you know, mm. particularly if people are traveling from Sydney, yep. I can start later and work a bit later because yep. they've got a two hour drive at the front. Yep. Um, so, I mean, it's fabulous in that way. That's it's, cool. It's great. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's been wonderful. Really, really cool. Um, I'll put links up to everything. Great. Thanks yeah. for your time. Not a problem. Coming out. Great. Man, what can I say? Cool afternoon chat. Yeah. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Cheers. Thank you, everyone. I hope you enjoyed that chat with Sid Green. And if you want to learn more about Sid and Mono Nest Studio, you can find Sid over at sidgreen.com.au or you can search for Mono Nest on Facebook. I will have all of Sid's links and everything that we discussed in this episode over at selfstarter.com.au. Now, as always, my key takeaways. I got four key takeaways from this episode. If there was something that I missed and you got something different out of this episode, I would absolutely love to hear from you. So please make contact with me through any of the social media channels at Andy Dowling or going to selfstarter.com.au and flicking me a message. Now, my key takeaways. Number one, people skills. Technical expertise is big depending on your service, but providing that personal touch can make all the difference between you and your competitors. Sid's focus on forming close personal relationships with the artists ensures that he's getting the most out of them, but also creating an end product and experience that's worthy of being talked about with others. Number two, use your website as a business card. So Sid cites word of mouth as being the main driver for business rather than using any form of advertising. However, Sid's website serves as a portfolio of work and a place for those who are curious to try Sid's services to have a little bit of a sticky beak and learn about him before reaching out to make contact. So if you can start to think about your online presence as a resource and a business card you know, slash portfolio rather than just a sales portal and a hard sell, you'll create more of a rich experience and increase that conversion for your prospective client. Number three, collaborating globally. 
Sid has been able to take advantage of the digital landscape that we live in by recording with people all over the world. And now this isn't reserved to just people in the music industry. Anyone can create a business opportunity or find customers from any corner of the globe. You're not limited to your immediate area anymore. We need to think beyond our local area and work out how we can collaborate and create more opportunities and fulfilling experiences with anyone and everyone. Last one, number four, taking advantage of quieter and colder months. Sid has leveraged off the local holiday homes in the area, especially in non-holiday periods when it gets a little bit colder and the rent is cheaper. He's built these relationships with certain owners in the area to provide them with a steady occupancy from his artists during those times. And what an amazing selling point to encourage people to come down the South Coast. Not only do you get to stay in a quieter and a more chilled uh, atmosphere, but you get to do it at a really, really affordable price as well. And that's it, folks. Those were my key takeaways from this episode with Sid Green. Now, if I miss something or you got something a little bit different from this chat, I would absolutely love to hear from you. You can contact me via any of the social media platforms, in particular Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching at Andy Dowling, or you can go over to the contact page at cellstarter.com.au and flick me a message via there. And now before we wrap it up, as always, a massive thank you to everybody that supports this podcast. It means a hell of a lot to me, and it's great to see the audience building and building each and every episode. If you want to support this podcast more than just listening, which is more than enough, thank you, by the way, you can do so by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, on Wooshka, who are now supporting this podcast by hosting. Thank you very much to Corey and the team over at Wooshka. You can do that. Uh, but just listening and spreading the word means a hell of a lot. So if you know a business owner, you know someone that's about to escape the cubicle, or you know someone that wants to create a little bit of a side hustle and earn a little bit of extra money, please direct them my way and to the Self Startup Podcast. It means a hell of a lot. Until next fortnight, guys, thank you so much, and we'll speak soon. Bye-bye.